Hello and welcome to another episode of Cubs on Tap. I'm Joey Ricotta, joined by the great Nick Hudson at Nick underscore on tap. I am at Joey Knows Nothing. We are Cubs on Tap at Cubbies on Tap on X. We're not on Ecstasy, but we're on X. It's not Twitter anymore. So X Twitter, X them out. The Reds X'd out the Cubs today. But tonight in game two, game one was a lot of fun, Nick. Um, we saw Jordan Wicks for the second time on his 24th birthday, and he went another solid five innings of one run ball. Cubs pull out the win six to two. And then game two, the Cubs looked like they had it in the bag. Bullpen was outstanding up until the end with our shutdown guy, Edward Alzali, who unfortunately. Blew another save, back-to-back saves. Um, yeah, not quite the night that we thought we were going to be having here on the mic because I think we were both looking forward to doing some celebrating. But, Nick, we're going to get into it all. How the heck are you doing right now, my friend, after a good and a bad outing by the Cubs? Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to a, a long weekend, uh, fun, relaxing weekend. Hopefully the Cubs can mend my broken heart after tonight because it was brutal, man. Like you said, it was a fun first one, um, but I, they more than definitely should have had both of those games. And we were talking uh, before we got on here, they kind of dug themselves in a little bit of a hole without feeling like you did because, you know, you only lost one there, but... It was a rough ending there, and Adbert did show some cracks, and it's unfortunate, but I'm looking to forward to dissecting it all with you. Yeah, showing some cracks is kind of a good way to put it there. Some chinks in the armor, I would say, too. It's it's uh, it's very strange how we can have this bipolar of a, of a feeling or mood when you go from super high to, you know, 6-2. to two, You kind of have a cruising type of win. Um Feeling really good going to that ninth inning, six to one in game one, after the bats kind of just continued to add on and have some nice insurance, uh, or getting the insurance runs there. Ian Happ continuing to make it Ian Sanati for everybody listening. It's Ian Sanati. Get it right. Say it right. Stop trying to change it. It's not Ian Happ Sanati. It's not Happ Sanati. It's Ian Sanati. Okay. We established that a year and a half ago here at Cubs on Tap. It's Ian Cincinnati. That's the city in Ohio. It's not Cincinnati anymore. They've legally changed the name. But, yeah, Cody Bellinger, too. I mean, we got to mention him, right? Freaking monster in game one and in game two with home runs. Um, but, yeah, first let's talk about the let's talk about the, the good stuff first, I guess, before we get into, like, our complete vent. Jordan Wicks, I mean, he pitched, what was it, 90 pitches? I wasn't expecting him to throw that many pitches in game one. I didn't get to see too much of a start because I was still at work. But it, it seems like he battled his way through, and he didn't have as many strikeouts this time. I think uh, five walks. Or no, three walks, but five hits allowed. But only one run in five innings, and the bullpen was pretty much nails. Uh, Keegan, I know he allowed a run, but he was still pretty damn good. Second appearance back from the minors. What were your thoughts on Jordan Wicks in that in game one? Yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. I, I was excited to see him take the start today. Uh, I love to see him throw around that pig's skin, you know, during the warm-up just before he gets out there. It's great to see. Um, but he's just a fun guy, and that changeup is fucking ridiculous. It is so nasty, and, like, it seems if he needs a go-to pitch where just, like, he needs to kind of calm things down and get something, you know, get a swing and miss, it's that changeup. Every time he'll go to it, and he, it's that arm action that really sells it. He's got great arm action on it. It You know, you can't pick up on it. Um, so... That looked great. Another great thing, like you said, was he battled. Um, I was surprised, too, to see how many pitches he threw. Um, but I was really happy to see him get through the fifth. I was really hoping he could push through to the fifth um, and just get through, uh, especially to help the bullpen. Because, like you said, um, we were set up great because of that game. 
we were set up really good. Um, didn't have to use too many arms, but you know, Keegan Thompson came in, looked great, but overall Jordan Wicks is becoming a guy that you can kind of get a solid kind of approach, hopefully five innings. And we were saying that's all we really would want is five good innings of, of baseball. And that's what he's been doing. So I'm excited to see what, you know, what the future holds for him because he looks like really promising right now. As am I. Yeah. I'm super excited to see what the future can bring with this kid as he gets more pitches under his belt, uh, more experience here at the big league level, being able to work through lineups, you know, multiple times. And, and really you said it, right. He battles, he was able to battle his way through this outing uh, and still allow minimal damage in five five innings. Like you cannot ask for much more than that from a guy that's just making his second career start. And it was on his birthday, and he got a second career win. So, uh, pretty good first couple of appearances here from Jordan Wicks. And you know, I, I think it was great that the bullpen came in there and, and locked it down for him. Valencia was good. Merriweather was good. And then Keegan Thompson, that's a guy that I think we got to talk about as well because last time out, two innings, five strikeouts, was nails, and that was his first appearance back from the minors after really being down there for a long time and going through a lot of struggles in the minors too that I think a lot of people are aware of, but some might not be as aware of that he really did struggle for a long time down there, even in the minors after getting set down uh, because he was giving up too many walks. And he started to go through some rough patches. He was giving up some more hard contact. He was missing in the zone. But really looks like the old, the Keegan of old, even though he gave up a run there in that ninth inning. But the Cubs had a nice little cushion. The stuff looked, the stuff looked really good. What do you think about Keegan? Because I feel like this development could be huge. Yeah, definitely. And the stuff's always been there. He's had really good stuff. It's been mainly, um, like you said, walks. He really struggled with walks when he was up here in the majors. Um, But when he went down, like you said, he struggled in the minors. And that was really hard for him in general um, to go through that, to have such a big fall, even struggling in the minors. Um, So it seems like he's made some big adjustments. Um, and he looks like he has a lot more poise on the mound out there and a little bit more comfortable. Seems like the game slowed down a little bit more for him, and I attribute that probably to going back down and fixing some things, and they were able to kind of figure out what was going on with him. But he could be such a huge piece going down the stretch here if he can remain solid. He's just another arm that we can go to, and maybe he becomes one of those high-leverage arms um, that, you know, Rossi loves to use. It's it's a good game plan to use guys like that, especially when you need to. So if he can get into that, you know, conversation of being that high leverage guy, it would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something because there have been guys that we just do not rely on right now that you just cannot trust in those roles. And so if, if it is that he's back, and he becomes another guy that can give you one, two, possibly three innings, like a fireman type of role that we've seen from him in the past, and just a clutch guy. He's he's not afraid to, when he's on his game and he's at his best, to come in there and lock down things with guys on base. It doesn't matter. Like, Keegan, when he's at his best, he can absolutely do that. And I agree with what Nick Kirby here, our good friend here, he's, at, he's with Chatterbox Sports. I was hopping in with their show the other night and trying to get some information. Like I'm trying to see like, all right, who's going to be your starter? Who's going to be starting game two, game one. Um, But yeah, Nick here says in the comments, what a wild day uh, for baseball fellas. Uh, There's nothing like the highs and lows of 162. I must say Hayden Wesneski looked nasty today. And yes, Nick, absolutely. That's why he is nicknamed West nasty. Um, but yeah, no, I love I love that Nick's in here because I and I really enjoy watching their show and he's obviously been on this show in the past and uh we go back and forth quite a bit. Uh dude, Wes Nasty hit a hundred or sorry, ninety-nine on the gun tonight. That slider, that sweeper was disgusting. Um was it three and a third? I don't think he allowed a hit 
might have walked a guy. Let's see what his final line was uh, in that second game. But he was absolutely dynamite tonight. Three and a third, no hits, no runs. He did walk a guy six strikeouts in that time. And that's a big difference from where he was just his last outing. He got shelled. Like, Wes Nesky got shelled the most recent appearance we saw of him. So, but we'll get to that second game, unless you have, like, uh, some immediate thoughts on Wes Nesky. Like, I guess, yeah, I'd like to hear those too, Nick. Sure. Sure, yeah. I mean, like you said, he looked really good. Um, like, his stuff, like you said, it plays so well. He reached back to get a little bit extra for that 99-mile-an-hour strikeout. That was great. Um, but it plays so well, and I hope that he can just find that consistency because, like you said, he got shelled uh, before, and it seems like if he can just find his consistent stride, then he can uh, just really be an asset to this Cubs bullpen. Yeah, no doubt. I think we all really thought that he was going to be that fifth starter and just take the job and run with it, as we've said a bunch of times here, but that didn't really happen. And maybe he can find that success though in the bullpen. Maybe it's, you know, the two to three inning type of roles where he can go out there and really gas it up. To be honest though, I didn't know we had 99 in the tank. I I didn't know we had that. I mean, I I know we can reach back and get 97 at times. Yeah. 99. Like I, for a second, I was thinking like Nick and Nick Kirby, Nick Hudson and Nick Kirby. I thought there was a hot gun there in Cincinnati. Yeah, hot gun, right? <laughs> like, wasn't Drew Smiley hitting 95, 96? Like, what what was happening today? Like, I don't could know. Yeah, could be was. a hot gun. Could be a hot gun, honestly, because, yeah. That seems if, – if Drew Smiley's hitting those numbers, it could be a hot, it could be a hot gun. And, and that but, I was texting Juice and, and, uh, and Tyler – during the game and I was like wondering the same thing and they were, and I was asking, I was like, okay, so what was Merriweather at? And I think they said he was at around, you know, 99, hundred. And I was like, well, that's how you'll know if it's like a hot gun or not. Cause Merriweather consistently is usually that 99, hundred. So, I mean, unless the, the guns were different from the first game to the second it's game, which I don't, I don't think they would be. Um, maybe it wasn't a hot gun. Like, I don't know, but Still, that's a lot of smoke from a Hayden Wesneski. I did not know he had that. No, and nor did I. But it's great to see, and I hope that uh, he can keep going. Yeah, and he's saying, and and I love what Nick's saying about Wesneski here. Uh, can't remember a guy painting the corners. They painted the corners better than he did tonight all year. And then he was talking about the gun too. Um, <laughs> red starting pitcher Lion. And closer Diaz were both down, so maybe it wasn't that hot uh, as far as the the readings on the on the guns there. But yeah, I mean, so that's a positive development there too. Like if he can reach back and find it, maybe he was just super fresh tonight. I don't know what the case was, um, but I I love it nonetheless because that's the guy that we remember seeing for most of last year. Whatever you know, he came up later in the season. It's not like he pitched all year. He only pitched a little bit, but the little bit that we saw from him and then what we saw in spring training, it was like, Oh, this is a, this is a dude. This is a dude that you can rely on going into the season. You're going to see that development, but obviously he's had to tweak some things and adjust to big league hitters who have adjusted to him this season too. And hopefully that's just him finding it now. Maybe he is just kind of a second or yeah, maybe he's just a second half pitcher. I don't know what the deal is, but, um, I don't know, Nick. Do you want to get into the bad stuff, though? Because I'm like, this Before is we get into positive. the bad. I just want to say for game one, it was good to see the power come back. You know, you had Bellinger go deep, you know, Mr. Cincinnati go deep, yet Suzuki go deep. And that Suzuki home run was really fun because I love those ones that just keep going and you think it's going to bang off the top of the wall, but it just sneaks right over. And then they're already halfway around second, and they're just they just jog it out. It's a great feeling, and it's fun to watch if you're a fan of that team to just watch that ball sail right over live. It's a great feeling. So that stuck out to me, and the power coming back, it, I feel good about that. So a little bit of good before the bad. I don't know if you want to get into some good like that. but <laughs> No, it's probably the, the right thing to do. Say a shot. 
was an absolute laser. Like that thing was smoked. And you're right, man. I right off the bat, I thought it was off the wall. I didn't think that thing was going to carry over the fence because I didn't think he hit it high enough. And he hit it so hard that it didn't matter if it was actually high enough. Like like you said, it just kind of kept just a little by little scraping. Um, just an absolute rocket. I didn't check the exit velocity on that, but I want to. Um, and I, I'm sure they brought it up during the game because that's how Boog is. I just did not see that during the game. But, um, no, that was good to see Ian Happ. Like we said, it's still Ian Cincinnati uh, over there in Ohio. Uh, loves playing the Reds. Loves playing the Pirates. And Cody Bellinger. This guy, I put out a tweet, and I want to know. I want to know your opinion on this. So, out of the NL, right? I think we pretty much know who the MVP is going to be, or like we have a good idea of like top two, right? Like, yeah. In my opinion, it's Ronald Acuna Jr. or probably Mookie Betts, right? And like they that, go back and forth. <laughs> that's kind of you can yeah. go back and forth, and there's other guys in there, right? Freddie Freeman, uh, Matt Olson, yeah, Austin man. Riley's been really good this year too. Like, there's other guys that kind of deserve mentions, but my biggest, and I know now we're gonna get into a little bit of a de- baseball just debate or talk for a second but when you look at those teams and okay war is one thing that everybody's going to look at war is huge right when you look at those teams the dodgers are so far out in front of the nl nl west the braves are so far in front of the nl east if either of those teams lose one of their main guys like let's say mookie Betts is hurt right now and he's not playing god forbid Knock on wood. Let's say Mookie Betts is down. Are the Dodgers still winning that division? Because I think they are. Yeah. If if the Braves are losing Ronald Acuna Jr., who's been absolutely incredible too, unreal the numbers he's doing, Steal, stolen bases, home runs, like you don't see yeah. that type of season. Are the Braves still in first place? That one, I think they are. Yeah, that one you could go back and forth. Like, would they be? But the Dodgers, I think for sure, they would they would still be in first place. But losing Ronald Acuna, but look at the Braves though. What are they? Fourteen games up right now. Yeah, true. Is he worth fourteen games? Like, so my whole thing is the Cubs being in contention and still not winning their division, and now they're three and a half games back, which we'll get to in a second. Reasons why. Yeah, Cody Bellinger to me, if you just talk about the word valuable. And then you include to their team. Cody Bellinger is the most valuable player to his team. And I don't even know if that's questionable because the Cubs would not be in this race no, at all yeah. if it weren't for Cody Bellinger, right? Like that's my point. argument. That's a great point, man. Really well laid out, too, because you're hundred percent correct. Look when he went down. Even when he went down earlier in the year, we you you saw that the Cubs team felt it losing that power, um, and then when he came back and j- just at the beginning of the stretch, he was a little off. But then when he hit his stride, ever since then, it's brought life to this Cubs team. Like without him, you're right; they they're not where they are right now. He has legitimately carried them. We said earlier in the year there was going to be a guy that has to put the team on their back and just bring them over. the. That's him. That's the guy. And now you're talking about he's made himself a lot of money. He really has because you got to figure out, you have to figure out a way to keep him here. You just have to because he's a guy that you can really build around. He's just shown that he is a solid guy that can carry a team. And that's – that is something that general managers beg for to find is someone that can legitimately just carry a team when they're going through a down spell or anything like that. Like he's been the guy. So defensively and offensively, like he just he he's just there. And and to be asked to go from center field then to first base and just not miss a beat with it, I mean, he's an all around great. I'm so happy that they made that decision and 
at the beginning when they did very be in the year, we were like, you know, who knows what's going to happen. No one knew. No one knew this was how this was going to go. So just an example of a great gamble that paid off. So I think I think you're right. He's so valuable. He would be the most valuable player to this team, for sure, to any team. We need Cody Bellinger. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, and maybe that's more of a, like, bad – like, I, maybe I'm giving the Cubs too much shit. Like, I'm saying the Cubs are a bad team, and I don't mean it that way. Like, Cubs are a good team. But, like, just – like you said, without him and the things that they've asked him to do and how well he's played defensively at both positions and then to steal the bases that he's been stealing. I think he got caught stealing uh, tonight. But he nonetheless, like, still, the guy's been absolutely unreal. Like, And they were talking about on the broadcast. They had Jed Hoyer up there in the booth and talking with him and – you know, he basically said it, all the things that I think we've, we've been thinking, too, about him cutting down the strikeouts, you know, with two strikes, his approach, being able to slap that yeah. left field, like they might be shifting him, and it's probably not a good decision because the way he, he approaches the game now or these days, like that's probably not a good thing to do, even though the, the ban of the shift, I know, but you know how defense is aligned. Like they're yeah, still yeah. not quite – kind of like a mini shift um and just the fact that me and you when we were off air talking about that talkman play talking about that talkman play um say that again in center field when the ball was hit to end the game when noel v Marte walked it off like just the fact that we had to question like okay if he was at second base and jan gomes doesn't make the air the overthrow with the runner stealing at second base, does Cody Bellinger throw him out? And normally I'd say no shot in hell because there's two outs and the guy's going out of contact. And the way that Talkman was positioned was kind of a little bit over. It wasn't like he was dead center. He had to move to his right. He's a left-handed thrower. So he would have put it, had to put himself in like perfect position and then get momentum behind his throw. But with Bellinger, like, that's how good he is. He's got the arm, too. Maybe he does make that a play. Like, didn't it doesn't matter, but it's just, like, some of those fun things to think about because you do have a guy that's that damn good that, like, makes that much of an impact on different plays. So. Yeah, and, like, he's just your star. Like, honestly, he's the guy. He is the guy you market around. He's the guy. I, I can't see them losing him because who else do you – build into that star position like that. I mean, he's the guy. So we'll have to see what happens. But it's like if I'm Jed Hoyer, I, I don't mean to joke around. I see a lot of people say it on Twitter, but blank check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like tell us what you want because depending on how this season goes, you're right. He he carried them to wherever they're going to go. Back up the Brinks truck, baby. <laughs> Back up the brake truck, like it's gonna he made be himself a lot of money this summer. Yeah, he did, and, and fuck it, pay it. He's Literally. young, he's a star, like you said. Yeah, you, would you would you rather pay hypothetically, and then we're gonna we're gonna really get into the bad stuff here. Hypothetically, would you rather pay a potential injury risk, knowing that you need to get two? players for one when you go after someone like Shohei Otani you're expecting to get the hitter and the pitcher that's what you're paying for or would you pay less money and still a damn good amount of money for a guy like Cody Bellinger that really fucking impactful on two yeah. sides of the ball too it's just not he just doesn't pitch like Oh, I take Cody any day of the week because, I, as you see with Shohei Otani, he's an amazing talent. He's a unicorn, but you can't rely on the two positions. Maybe he's not pitching. Maybe he's not feeling. Maybe he has an arm injury. Like you can't rely on just that, like you said. So I wouldn't want to pay that price tag when you're not for sure going to be getting both of those sides of the baseball, like you said. Like. Cody Bellinger is just going to be that solid guy. You're still going to pay him a lot of money for sure. And I think his price tag went up 
ever since the Otani uh, injury news. But you still you got to pay it. You're you're the freaking Cubs. I mean, you pack the stadium. You have the vibes. You have the expensive beer. Like you need to go do it. You need to make it happen because without him this year, like you've illustrated very well, they would just have. They would not have been able to do what they where they are right now at all. There's no way. No way. It's crazy, though, to think about because think about when Ballinger was hurt. If he doesn't get hurt, where is he in the MVP chase then? Like the actual MVP, like I'm not – because I don't think he's going to win. I know he's not. Yeah. But what do his numbers look like then? True. Where are the Cubs at? Did they like avoid that really bad stretch of baseball? Like, maybe I didn't. I didn't think he was gonna when he was hurt. So they they were dealing with this throughout the early part of the season, first half of the season. It was always somebody was hurt. Nico spent some time. Dansby spent some time. Saya spent time. Yeah. Bellinger spent time. Like all these guys just kept. It was always one of them that was out at each time. And then when all of them came back, then they kind of started to hit that stride. But I didn't think when Bellinger went down, I didn't think he was going to have that big of an impact. But holy shit, man, did he have a – he must have had a huge impact yeah. when he was out of the lineup because then when he came back, like we saw him just absolutely take off. Yeah, he did have a big impact. I mean, he's a power bat in a lineup that doesn't have a lot of power bats. So when you have that type of like change the game in a second type of power like that, like it just changes things automatically because you get a few guys on base in front of them. You you see the RBI numbers, like he brings them in. That's what's awesome about it because this Cubs team was made to get on base a lot, was made to put the ball in play, slap it the other way, like you said. Um, But there's not too many guys that can clean it all up. And he's one of them that can just, clean those bases up, bring those guys in, and do it with extra base hit power. So, yep. There's not, like, you can't say enough good things about him. He's great. Yeah, I mean, we could spend probably another hour talking about Belly because we, uh, if it's not obvious at this point, we we freaking really like and love, <laughs> love Cody Bellinger at this point. Like, the things he does on a nightly basis, it get just you kind of just get, you shouldn't be surprised at this point, but you still are because it's like, Again, really again. Um, but no, to that point, yeah, we should probably move on. Like, let's talk about the second game. Six two, obviously the first the first game against the Reds. Cubs took that one. Uh, it was Jordan Wicks picking up the W there. And then in game two, seemed like they had it in the bag. But I want to start early in this game. Early in this game, young pitcher loads him up, doesn't have his control. Walking guys, walked everybody. Cubs didn't put a ball in play. Bases loaded, one out, and then he strikes out two guys. You could not put the ball in play. You didn't score. Bases loaded, one out in the first inning. And and to me, that's where it all really went from there because we've been too reliant on these close victories and – of late, and these miracle, like, come-from-behind wins. And, yes, this team's a gritty team, and they do fight to the very end. But looking back at how the game ended, we're too reliant on that. Like, you got to cash in when you have opportunities to cash in, and especially when you have a chance to really bury a young pitcher early and put him behind the eight ball. Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts about the offense tonight? Before we get into, yes, the game was blown. <laughs> yeah, the the offense in the second game was very disappointing. A lot of lackluster uh, play appearances. That first inning was really the backbreaker because you could have um, really put the pressure on them early. They already had to use a lot of arms in the first game. Like You could have really put the pressure on them, um, but I believe Dansby struck out looking and then say struck out as well. So that was painful. Cause like you said, just put the ball in play and you got to run there. Um, but they unfortunately couldn't do it. And then throughout the night, there were opportunities. It just seemed like uh, they didn't have that same energy that they had in the first game uh, with the offensive side of things. But 
the pitching was there. I mean, overall, like they shut it down. It's just the offense could not, they couldn't scrape anything together. And granted going into the ninth, I, I felt good. I felt like, okay, you know, we're going to take another close one. This is crazy how many close ones we're getting. But like you said, you can only play that game so long. You have to score more than two or one run, honestly, because you just, you can't be putting that much pressure every day on your pitchers like that. Eventually, like we said, there's going to be cracks and Adbert showed that he's human. That's, that's all. Were you, yeah, of course, with Adbert, I, I don't, I'll get it. We'll get into that in a second too. But like, were you surprised to not see it? So Alexander Canario got called up part of the September call-ups along with Shane Green. We did not see Shane Green pitch at all, which I was super surprised by because I thought he was coming up to be kind of that long man. If he wasn't going to start, it was basically going to be like a start for him sort of thing. Um, and he's an older veteran who's kind of fought his way back, battled some injuries, um, would have made his Cubs debut here today in one of the games, but he didn't. And then Alexander Canario wasn't in the lineup and didn't get an opportunity, and he just called up, got called up as a part of the call-ups too. So, And I know a lot of people were super excited, me included, and I'm sure you as well, are excited to see him play and see what he can do, being one of the Cubs. Eh, I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd call him a top prospect now, but like top 15 prospect still, and he's, he's been on fire in AAA. He's absolutely started to come back and seems healthy. Were you surprised to not see those guys in either of the games today? Yeah, I was a little surprised, especially Shane Green. I thought that they would definitely get him in there to pitch. Um, I thought he might be in smiley spot, the take piggybacking off an, or an opener. Um, but, you know, not super shocked. I think that a lot of it had to do with the fact that they didn't use a lot of guys first game. Um, I think that could potentially be leading into why they didn't use Shane Green at least. But Canario, I'm so excited. I thought that they might get him in the second lineup because I was looking at the first one. I'm like, oh, no, maybe in the second one. But I don't know. We'll see him. I'm very excited for Canario. Like you said, he's raking right now. So He he is raking. There's no doubt about it. Like he's he's got some massive power and he does he does strike out. Like that's kind of an issue for him even in the yeah. minors, like a 31% or you know that 28 to 31% K rate kind of range. I so I'm not going to have these expectations for him. I just I don't and I don't think it's fair to him, especially with a team that's in like a playoff push type mode but he dude he could be a spark like he could i don't know who you would take out of the lineup but there's a few of these guys that are starting to kind of struggle here as of late um talkman's still walking yeah he's still walking but he's not hitting worth a shit uh the last like 14 games i think it was uh believe that's what I think it was Juice also saying that Candelario over his last 14 or 15 has not been hitting either. And that's yeah. definitely true. And then Morell has not really been hitting lately. So there's there's a few like different holes there in the lineup. Swanson probably needs a day off. Like he's not been hitting Swanson that well. Swanson needs a day off. Yeah, desperately needs a day off. So maybe you put Nico at short. You let Morell play second. I don't know. You take Talkman out of the lineup for a day. Candelario can play center, but you could DH Candelario and move Belly to center. Belly to uh, center. And then maybe you put Candelario or, you know, I'm not sure who at first base, but I, I'm not going to say wisdom. Uh no. I, I don't know. There's options there, right? Like, there's some op- things that the Cubs can do to play around with it, but do you think we'll see him in this series? I don't know if it's, like, do you think they'll try to force him into the lineup somewhere? They might. Like you said, there's some guys that need some days off. Dansby's one of them. He he needs a day off. Um, I think Talkman could use a day off or maybe, like, 
even moved down. It's just he's looking kind of rough up there. Um, but like you said, he's still walking. So, you know, you'll take that at least. But there's some guys that could use a day. I would like to see them force <laughs> force them into the lineup just because, like, from a fan's perspective, that's what you want. Um, but I don't know if that's what we're going to get. We'll have to see. But I think in this series, like, you might you might see him for sure. Um, it's the it's the call up. You need to utilize it, like you said. It could be a spark. It could be great. Could be. You never know. I still think they should let Nelly V swim. Get him back from the Royals. <laughs> Take him back from the Royals. No, I'm just playing. I, I Jose Quas is all right too. He walks a lot of guys though. He's a little wild. Um, yeah, I saw him actually live at Wrigley when he first debuted with the Cubs and I I really liked him and I was like, whoa, he's gonna be this lockdown guy. And then the very next time I saw him, he like walked three guys and I'm like, what the hell happened? So Dude, he's he's so funky, his delivery, but yeah, I mean Yeah, and I think that's what attributes to a lot of his walks. Like it's hard to repeat his mechanics, but yeah, he's he's filthy if he can just like land strikes. <laughs> I want him to be good so bad though, because I need that trade to be worth it. Like, yeah, just for me, for like my personal, like I need that trade to be. Because Canario to me could be a Nelly V type with that power, but but a different level of good, you know, like upper above what Nelly V was ever gonna be, probably. Yeah, and. Yeah, he can play center field, too. I saw somebody on Twitter, like, he doesn't play center, so that's why he's not in the lineup. Maybe they don't trust him in the majors to do that, but he played 12 games at AAA this year in center. He, he logged, that was like, I, I believe that was the second most innings logged in the outfield was center field. So he can play it. It's it's not like he can't. Um, So we'll just have to kind of see how that shakes out. Of course, you would, you would prefer probably Belly or Talkman out there defensively at this stage but yeah defensively yeah but i i do think that there were some positives from overall from the games but yeah i guess we should get into alzali now that's probably probably that time we talked a little bit about west nesky i thought mark Leiter jr i loved seeing that fire from him yeah that was great dude yeah and that's like the hindsight's 2020 because i you know, afterwards, I'm like, maybe Lighter should have just kept going. Because that, he was pumped. He was just pumped. But, like, I get it. I, I don't fault David Ross at all. I think that was a great move to go to Azalea, obviously. But, yeah, that fire from Lighter, man, that was cool. Oh, I absolutely love it. I remember seeing it. We've seen it a few times from him when he gets out of those big jams. And, it's just it's always a big you feel a momentum kind of swing to your side unfortunately that didn't really happen with the cubs tonight <laughs> but i mean dude when he gets out of that jam and he's pumping the fists and screaming and whatever he was saying i just feel like that at that moment cubs are going to win it's a cubs night cubs are going to win i don't know how I, they're up by a run they're going to get it done. And then say it gets that double, right? Yeah. Gets the double. Sure. He, he should have, they should have cashed in there with nobody out runner at second base. Like, come on, walk, walk me yeah. through that. Though, Nick. Like, what are your thoughts on? Yeah. I, I was talking with juice. I was talking with some guys. Like I think juice uh, felt like Ross should have made a specific move there. Um, but I, I want to get some fresh thoughts because me and you haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, it's just I was so frustrated because as soon as he got that double, I was like, oh, insurance, we need insurance desperately. I'm tired of playing these close games, tired of betting on this. Let's let's go. Let's get some insurance. Um, it just seemed like they were so flat. And the thing is, like, they don't move the runner. And that's the most frustrating thing is, like, they don't play to what they're being pitched. They won't take the other the ball the other way in those situations. And it's like it's critical to have that mindset in that moment to just at least move the runner, especially with no outs. Just get them to third. And then a sack fly, you have the insurance. Like it's just unfortunate. But I mean, I don't know. 
if I have a specific mood in mind during that time, I was just kind of like, just give me the insurance, just get the fucking run. It's just no outs. Come on, man. Like I was, I was pissed off because this is something that could have gotten them out of what occurred after. Yeah. I, I was kind of in that same boat. Cause I feel like even with Candelario struggles, right? So I'll give you the scenario that, that juice had wanted, he thought maybe they should have pinch it. Ross should have pinch it. Candelario for Madrigal. Bunted. Gotten the runner to third with one out. And then set it up for Gomes to either hit a sack fly or make contact. Get that, that extra run in. And I like that idea. I really do like that idea. I think that's something I normally condone if you're trying to add on another run. Even to tie the game, like ninth inning, you got to do what you got to do to get that one run, whatever, whichever range you're going in. So I, I'm actually, I'm okay with that. The problem I have with it, though, or it may, it's not really a problem. I guess I didn't really have a problem with David Ross having a no move there because Candelario hits from the left side. He is probably your best hitter, even though he's been struggling lately in that situation because if it's not candelario it's okay madrigal can pinch it or canario can pinch it but then you're talking about right-handed hitters and then if you're leaving it to gomes with one out and a runner on third base who's been very clutch this season and been pretty damn good as of late too i i just feel like i kind of still want the lefty in that situation or i know he's a switchy but the lefty with the capability to still pull the ball and move the runner over that way, but also still give him a chance to drive in the run and maybe make it an even bigger inning. I I kind of didn't mind the move there for Ross to not make a move. And I also thought that putting Madrigal in the game, now how it played out was Candelario got out and then Gomes came up, had that little tapper, runner moves over. Then it's Morell, and then Morell's pinch hit for with Madrigal, and then Madrigal's the contact bat. I liked that decision to go to the contact bat with two outs and a runner on third versus Canario, who can strike out quite a bit because you just want to get a base hit in that situation. It didn't play out the way the Cubs wanted to, but I thought that that was like the thought process at least. You could make an argument either way on the very initial like Candelario move, but I think once it got to that point, the magical decision was the right one. That just didn't play out. But either way, I'm in the same boat you are. I'm just pissed off that it did, like, kind of depressed and heartbroken. It just didn't work out. Yeah, and that insurance is so huge there, too. It really is. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I don't want to get too down on Alzali either. I guess we should probably talk about one, one last time, like, the blown save that he had his last time out to me that doesn't count. Like, yeah, he he hit a guy with the bases loaded. He came in with a bad situation, hit a guy with the bases loaded tonight. Nick Martini of all people, the Illinois native. Like, what are we doing, man? Hits the home run, ties it up, and then Jan Gomes tries to throw out Fairchild at second. Ball squirts in the center field. He overthrows him, and then Fairchild gets knocked in with a Noel V. Marte walk off single. Um, should we be worried about Alzali? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think, like you said, the one yesterday, I wouldn't count that. Came into a really bad situation. Bases low to hit the guy, um, but then he didn't lose it. I was I was looking for that specifically to see if like he just completely lost it then because he was he was pretty pissed off that he did that rightfully so but like he kept his control he kept it all under control so I mean tonight you're gonna have nights like this this is part of the closer job I mean you're gonna give up hard you're gonna give up those home runs and like we said I think Fairchild scoring no matter what maybe Bellinger has a shot. Um, but it's really your offense that puts you in that position where you had to have such a tight window 
where you couldn't make any mistakes like that. And he's usually under that stress. So I think moving forward, he'll be okay. I think he'll bounce back from it, learn. Um, but it's just something that closers have to deal with. They give up those big home runs because the last three outs are hard to get. Last three outs are always the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so impressive, man, that he had 18 straight saves before – you know, the last two blown saves. But to your point, he didn't lose it the last time he came into the game. Like, it was, okay, yeah, he hit a batter, tied it up or whatever, and then the Cubs ended up coming back because he still was nails and then, you know, stayed in there and continued to pitch in that last outing. So I'm not worried at all about Abraham's lie. I'm just not. I know some people might think that he's not – really who he's been recently. And I, I disagree. I think he is exactly who he's been uh, this season, as far as the good Alzali, not the, the, the last couple outings, but um, yeah, Nick, any final thoughts about today's ball games before we go ahead and look ahead to tomorrow? Cause there's a lot, this is, this is a big Friday, two games. Let's play two Ernie Banks. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was living on those good vibes after the first game and I was feeling really good going into it. I texted you. I was I was thinking, you know, let's just let's get two wins today. I'm gonna be so pumped on stream tonight. Um, <laughs> but it took took the win out of my sails a little bit. And then I was watching the Phillies and Brewers game after just to like root for the Phillies to kind of like save things and of course the choke job by Boom at third. So that took it out of me. But, you know, overall, at least we didn't get swept ourselves is how I'm going to look at this one because it could have been worse. Could have been a lot better, but it could have been worse as well. So I guess glass half full. Well, I'm glad you're still glass half full, but I was super pissed. I'm not going to lie. I know you were too. I was pissed off because you had a chance. Now, we didn't know what was going to happen in that Phillies and – Brewers game, but the, but the Phillies were winning. And if the Phillies win that game after the Cubs, you know, were projecting to win the game, they were looking like they were supposed to win the game. Cubs win, Phillies win and beat the Brewers. The Cubs are a game and a half out of first place in the NL Central. And you know what? This is my fault, Nick. I'm taking accountability. I'll take responsibility. It's my fault because I put a two-team parlay And it was Operation Takeover the NL Central. I put in a two-team parlay, Cubs money line, and I had the the Phillies money line. So, absolutely, I jinxed it. It's it's my fault. You can all blame me, and I'm sorry because I did it to myself. At least you took credit for that. Yeah, It takes a big man to do that. (laughs) My bank account. My – betting account doesn't like me either so <laughs> and college football starts tomorrow well i mean it's already started but it's big saturday so now you can actually watch it if you're not like having all the latest stuff <laughs> oh dude i'm still betting on it too i'm still gonna bet on it. <laughs> that's great still, no question about it i mean little little uh tease here me and beat on might have a, a betting show tomorrow morning if i can wake up in enough time um <laughs> <laughs> Got to wake up enough time to bet it, too. But um, they did. Oh, college football on tap. Debuted yep. the inaugural. They debuted, um, yeah. Show tonight. So that's pretty cool. Just go check that out. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch because I was so, like, in deep with the Cubs today and tonight. So, but going to go back and watch that if I have time before I go to bed here. Um, everybody should check that out before the games start off tomorrow morning. But, yeah, tomorrow, Nick, you mentioned, though, Alec Baum had a freaking bomber over there at third base. What an idiot. Wow. Three-run air. How can you do that, dude? I'm sorry, but terrible situation. There. Get in front Blew of the it. ball. I know you're a major league. Get in front of the ball. Um, After Trey Turner rescued them again. Dude, that Turner, moment. Turner's on fire. Ever since that standing ovation, pretty cool, honestly. It's a cool baseball story. But then Boehm just had to go throw it away. Just throw it away. 
can't save us. It seems like when good teams play the Brewers, no, it doesn't matter. They can't help the Cubs. Just let the Brewers keep winning. You got to do it yourself. It's the only way to take care of the Take care of your business, yeah. But what happens when you can't take care of your business? (laughs) Right. Then we're sitting here tonight like like jackasses thinking we were going to be a game and a half out. And we're three and a half games back now. (sighs) So... That's how much they swung. They were three games back coming into so today. Frustrating. So they frustrating. won. They were two and a half games back. If they would have won, they would have been two games back. If the Brewers would have lost, they would have been one and a half games back. So I know this is just math. Like everyone can do their own math, and I'm just like saying it out loud. But they absolutely now being three and a half games back instead of one and a half, that's a huge difference to me. Like, it is. Well, yeah, yeah. What in the fuck? So what, Stephen Dubois here? Uh, so hopefully I'm saying your name right. Did anybody realize halfway through the second battery, it's not the same? The second at bat, he meant. Um, halfway through the second at bat, it's not the same. So I'm not sure. Can you clarify that? I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Do you know what he's saying, Nick? Um. Uh... No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's too tired to even understand. I'm, I just, I don't. I'm me too. I'm probably too. I was like, oh no, he says. This Cubs loss has just ruined me. Where, honestly, <laughs> I think Cubs fans are just ready for bed at this point. So it's, tomorrow, just five forty. <laughs> great segue. <laughs> tomorrow, five forty. Appreciate you guys jumping in the chat, Stephen, Nick Kirby, my guy. Um, anybody watching, listening? So tomorrow, Javier Assad, the dude's been shelving absolutely on fire on the mound. Uh, he's going to go up against Andrew Abbott. That's a 540 start time at Great American Small Park. Small <laughs> Park. Great American Small Park. Small Park. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so that'll be a good one. Good pitching matchup. I think Andrew Abbott is absolutely um, – he's been really pitching well this year. Not as well as he started out his – I mean, he was on fire. Just came out of nowhere, called him up. Guy was just dealing. Uh, but what are, you, what are you thinking about tomorrow? What do the Cubs need to do to pick up a win and hopefully maybe pick up some ground on the Brewers if anybody could please help the Cubs out and beat the Brewers and they don't have to do everything in their damn self? all the time yeah the offense needs to support the pitching a lot more they got to go out there with runners in scoring position and utilize you know correct fundamental baseball to get runners in i mean that's all you have to do um just frustrating but yeah i really think that the offense is gonna have to carry them out of this like you said small part just hit some home runs just you know Help Javier Saad carry him a little bit so that he can get deeper into the game. You don't have to use as many arms. Um, but I'm looking for Assad to keep doing what he's doing. He's looked good. Um, he's got to be good down the stretch. We need starting pitching to be good. Um, and he's just a guy that you can kind of rely on lately. So hopefully he gives you the innings. I'm hoping he gives you the innings and uh, the Cubs offense doesn't make it close. Please don't make it close. Put Please. a put a thumping put a thumping on them. Yeah, like the first game, honestly, just a lot of home runs. Yeah, yep. Stevens here. He's saying exactly what we're saying. I saw that exactly. Yep, exactly. But my issue is the offense. No problem with how they performed in the first game, though. Like six runs, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, I know it took them a while to get to that point because they started chipping away towards the end too. But you gotta you when you can cash in. We've already said this on the show tonight. But like, when you can cash in, you have to cash in. Just make it a point yeah. to cash in. And more home runs, like in the first game, three home runs in the first game. Let's do more of that. I want to see two to three again uh, tomorrow. But and then he was talking. I think he's talking about Albert Alzai. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I think he is. Yeah. That he, after the home run that he gave up, he wasn't the same. He did look a little shook, and that's what I was saying earlier. I think. He definitely was affected by giving up the lead for sure. 
yesterday and today. Today especially because he definitely didn't <laughs> remain calm and keep control of the situation. But, you know, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And the way he gave it up tonight is like it's a single. It's just the guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's all. So it's tough. Yeah. It is tough. I think – I think he's got the stones to be able to overcome that, though. And I, I'm glad that there's a little yeah. bit of turbulence here. Like, I don't want him to get into a weird situation where he's all of a sudden facing a little adversity or when a team bites him. Let's say he's he's got a two-run lead. He gives up that one, the home run off the bat. Maybe, and, you know, he can still kind of come in there and, and lock the door down. I still have all the confidence in the world in Alzali, and – I think only games like this only are going to make him better. He just – because we've we've said it, he just seems like a guy that thrives in that closer's role. And I I, I don't think this is going to be enough, enough to shake him overall. I just think it's one of those situations where, yeah, if you're in the moment, especially for a young pitcher, let's face it. Yeah, he's, he hasn't pitched all that much in the majors, though, because of the injuries. He's still a young pitcher. For a young pitcher to kind of deal with that in in game, maybe not so much, you know, you can wipe the slate clean, you can come back tomorrow or pitch on Sunday and be fine. But when you're a guy that in game dealing with it when it's happening, sometimes that can be difficult to, to overcome. And you're also facing a good young team. Like, let's face it, the I know there's some randomness to that Nick Martini home run, right? Like he's not a, he's not a dude, right? You wouldn't expect him to be a dude. Stuart Fairchild, kind of the same thing. I don't really think he's a dude, but Noel V. Marte, he killed the Cubs today. First game, I think it was two for three. They've got some guys in that lineup that are going to be there for a while. Like this is a solid team. They don't have the money that the Chicago Cubs have. But, like, this division actually looks pretty solid moving forward here. And I don't want to give too much credit to these other teams. I know we don't do that here. There's not too many of us that like to give credit to the other di- divisional teams. But it's 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 just one of those games. You know what I mean? Just one of those yeah. games. And they, and they suck. And it really sucks because, like you said, it's the opportunity. So that's why you're left with just a bad taste in your mouth because you had an opportunity to do something greater. You didn't do it. You got to just turn in these next two games and lock it down. Now you have to win both. Yeah, you got to win both. Three or four. Every series counts. Every series win you need, yep. I think. You want you every series win. That, that's all right. I don't want to be pissed off again before we go, but – you had a chance to be like, all right, guarantee yourself two. You just need to take one of the next two. And and that's what really pisses me off about tonight. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Holy shit. Do you feel any better than you did? No, no. I thought we were going to vent and feel all better. I feel worse. I feel like ah, <laughs> this is absolutely terrible. That's because we were too positive for the most part. We were too we focused on too many good things. That's yeah. the optimist. That's the Cubs optimist in us. That's bullshit, though. Let it out, Nick. You got- Let it out. <laughs> Let it out. I mean, it is bullshit. It really is. This whole- the-, the thing is, they're dangling a carrot in September, and it's really frustrating because, like, you want to stay right where you are. You want to push all the other teams away, but you also want to win the division. Like, I want to win the division. Screw the wild card. Let's just go take the division and let's put ourselves in a better position and not just sneak in. So it's like this was a really big game to help get to that place. So bad taste. I, I don't know. It's going to take a little bit for to get out of my mouth. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I think there's a big difference. September 1st, uh, if you're ending September 1st a game and a half out, potentially, to three and a half games out. And you're still locked into that second wild card, I believe, here. So it's not all doom and gloom. And technically, doom and gloom, excuse me. And technically, you still, the Phillies lost. So that was actually good for your wild card to for potentially the wild, move yeah. up there. 
so it's like if you're right. looking at the wild card yeah you could totally be like glass half full mentality if you're looking at the wild card but then if you look at the division you're like oh man are you kidding right. me when are the brewers gonna stop winning baseball games maybe they'll just get on a really bad stretch of baseball here coming up just like a really bad losing streak i'm feeling it they need it they're due they are they're due. due oh i thought really the bad streak care of that it's coming. Like the Cubs are going to take care of their business, but the Brewers are also going to go on a really bad losing streak. No, but I thought that's what I thought we were heading tonight, Nick, because the Cubs had just taken care of two games against them. So yep. I thought, okay, that's the start of the slide. We had to kick them. We had to give them a little push start. The Cubs are going to give them a little push start, a little underdog yep. push under the right. swing. Right into the Phillies, who are, are all of a sudden hot on fire. Nothing. Choke job. Choke job by Alec Bohm. Fucking Alec Bomer. Alec Bomer. Steven Dubois here again. Um, I'm so pissed, and if we lose somewhere else, I blame today. Yeah, I'm with Heck you. yeah. Fuck today. It's a bad – it turned out to be bad. Happy Labor Day weekend to you, Nip. <laughs> Happy that's Labor why, Day That's weekend. why my title's meh. Because that's how the day just felt. Meh. Ever since this loss. Everything else that's good is gone. Cartman, meh. Sound like you're throwing (laughs) up on your mic. I'm doing the the Cartman from South Park. Meh. Meh. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it feels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, meh. All right. On that note. We should probably get out of here. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and wrap this puppy up and look ahead to tomorrow's game? Just win. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Who's your fly of the W tomorrow? Saya. Another big bomb from Saya. He's not going to get screwed over by the stupid umpires of today. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm going to go with – let's shake it up. Give, give me that spark. Give me that. I don't want the meh. I want the spark. spark. I, want the, I want the spark. I want the, the new energy, the new blood. Give me the guy that's making his debut, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Even though I know he's not, like, really excellent against lefties, even though he's a right-handed batter. You know where I'm going with this. Yep. Alexander Canario. Canario. Let's do it, baby. A fly spark the fly the W. A spark fly the W. I want to see. I want to see that. <sighs> like coming. You know what? This just reminds me too. Ron said this a long time ago. Ron said, "Alexander Canario has." Oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote him now. I think he said his his thighs are like the size of coconuts, or his quads <laughs> are the size of coconuts. He could crush coconuts. No, he could crush coconuts. That's what it was. Crush coconuts with his quad. Crush coconuts with that. So let's see it. Get one. Get the, that drive into those legs, and let's see you power one out out of Great American Small Park because he definitely has the strength to do it. So I want to see that tomorrow. Um, yeah, Nick, fun show, even though it really wasn't a fun ending to the night. Uh Tomorrow, 540, Cubs, Reds. Going to do it again. Hopefully take game three of the series. Hopefully they can maybe make up some ground if they can get any help at all from the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Schwarber tried in the first inning with his tank job, but wasn't enough. With that said, though, we are Cubs on tap. You can follow on Twitter or on X at Cubbies on tap, C-U-B-B-I-E-S on tap. Follow all the on tap sports net. Um, content at ontapsportsnet.com at ontapsports on all social media platforms. Nick is at Nick underscore ontap. I am at Joey Knows Nothing. Follow everybody else at Loose on Tap, at Juice on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270, at Bulls Guy Rob, at, oh God, I don't know his at, but it's Tyler Smith. And then we are one of two official Cubs podcasts here at the ONTAP Sports Network, the Dingers podcast. Follow them on Twitter at Dinger Cubs. Uh, Mitch, Jake, Kevin, Jeff, those guys do an excellent job uh, covering the Cubs on that side too. Every Monday, 
So, yeah, you should definitely check that out if you haven't already. But if you know where to find us, you probably have found them as well. So, um, Or maybe you found us because you were listening to them. But it's just awesome to be able to go back and forth uh, with them and have two different programs to give you guys. Um, Friday nights. I like these Friday nights, Nick. I like doing these. Yeah. These uh these late night shows. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but um, these are fun. It's a great time, man. Yeah, we need to we need to keep continually doing this. Hopefully, as long as long as I can wake up on Saturday college football morning. So that's going to be my issue, I think. But get some more W's. Hopefully, talk some more W's out. Yeah, the double the W's will make me sleep a little easier. I don't I don't really like going <laughs> to sleep after these losses. They just don't sit right. But with that said. What do you say? Get on out of here. Get on out of here. Get on. Get on out of here. Get on the, way. here. <laughs> the only way we know how. <laughs> Fuck the Cardinals. Fuck the Reds, too. And fuck, fuck this the offense. Go Cubs. <laughs>